Welcome to Faithful Echoes, the sermon podcast from St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cleveland, Tennessee. New episodes are available every Monday featuring the Collect of the Day, Scripture readings, and Father Joel Huffstetler's insightful sermon from the previous Sunday. Perfect for catching up on missed sermons or revisiting favorites, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and our website at www.stlukescleveland.org backslash podcast. Subscribe now for spiritual reflections that fit seamlessly into your week. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Galatians. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, He gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory. The glory is of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because He was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. 
The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As of this past week, my mother has now lived here in Cleveland for a year in assisted living. When we moved her to Cleveland about this time last year, we moved 60 years of history, had to decide what to keep, what could go, what could be taken to goodwill, etc. 60 years of memories. In that process, I came across my high school annuals for the first time since I was in high school. I had not laid eyes on them. If you were to look at them, which they'll not, they'll not be brought out in public, but if you were to look at them, you'd see me all over the baseball section in my heyday, about 175 pounds. You'll see me all over the football section. You'll see me in the wrestling section. But not in one honor society. Nowhere near the beta club. Nowhere near the school council. Not even the Spanish club. And I took two years of Spanish in high school. Not one honor society was I involved in or invited to join at that time in my life. We all know what the term late bloomer means. I'm one of them academically. I sometimes refer to myself as the patron saint of late bloomers. Sometimes I can see potential in someone, and I try to draw it out of them. I try to give them confidence because I once was a shell of the person that you all have come to know. I take encouraging people who are shy, not self-confident. I take encouragement of those people very seriously and try to show encouragement at every opportunity. When I think back to my high school days, I have really almost no memory of any academic work. I liked The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. I can remember reading The Good Earth when I was in high school. I don't really have a memory of ever doing homework. Seriously. There was no routine. There was no set-apart study time. I just went by, I got by on my native intelligence. I just listened in class and would take the test, but I never did any homework. The only real good memory I have of high school academically was 11th grade English. I really liked our teacher, a woman named Blanche Hill. And Blanche Hill saw some potential in me. I heard regularly from my other teachers, you don't apply yourself, and I saw that finger pointed at me. 
You don't apply yourself. Mrs. Hill took a different tack. She encouraged me. Knew that I could do more than I was doing. And she, rather than accusingly pointing the finger at me, you don't apply yourself. She, in effect, said, I believe in you. And I know there's more in there than you're bringing to class. So to this day, when I'm writing a book, to this day, I follow Blanche Hill's method of note-taking to the letter. I use index cards just like she taught me to. I put the author's name in the upper left. I put the subject of the note in the upper right corner. Then I put the page number just below the author. And then I take the note. Exactly like Blanche Hill taught me when I was in the 11th grade. I'm bringing up this, these memories because Blanche Hill taught me the importance of a topic sentence. I can remember her to this day telling us, you've got to get your reader's attention. The topic sentence is the most important sentence in the paper, she would say. And then she would say the topic sentence then led to the topic paragraph. The first paragraph of your paper is the most important because you've got to get your reader's attention. And she said the reader needs to know where the paper's going. And then she would say, and you need to know where the paper's going. So the topic sentence, she would say, is for you and then for your reader. The topic paragraph is for you to know what you're saying, and then it will guide the reader as to what you're saying. Of all four canonical gospel writers, John is the only one who chose to introduce his book with a prologue. We call verses 1 through 18 of chapter 1 of John the prologue. And in the prologue to John may be the greatest topic sentence ever written. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In all seriousness, maybe the finest topic sentence ever written. Think of what's packed into one sentence. In the beginning is a clear homage to Genesis. John is saying in the topic sentence, what you're about to read is as important as Genesis. In the beginning was the Word. And even in translation, the W is always capitalized. The Word, the Logos. In Greek thinking, the Logos was the organizing principle behind everything. In the beginning was the Word, the organizing principle of everything. And the Word was with God. We get the co-eternity of the Trinity in John's topic sentence. And the Word was God. 
we get the co-equality of the Trinity in John's topic sentence. Blanche Hill would give John an A+, I'm certain. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. That topic sentence leads to the topic paragraph, the rest of the prologue. The prologue to John's gospel is a roadmap to the entire gospel. Everything that John will say in the remainder of the letter, the gospel, is previewed in the prologue. The prologue builds to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory The glory is of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The topic sentence leads to the topic paragraph, and the topic paragraph reaches its height in verse 14. And the word became flesh, Christmas, the incarnation, and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, epiphany. The glory is of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. It's no accident that we read the prologue in Christmas season. The lectionary tells us the importance of remembering every year at Christmas John's way of talking about who Jesus was and is. John gives us a prologue, not an infancy narrative, but this amazing introduction to his entire gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And then John adds in that topic paragraph, From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. If someone were to ask us, tell me the essence of the gospel, one way to answer that question would be to point that person to the prologue of John's gospel. Eighteen verses that really tell us everything we need to know about who Jesus was and is. I conclude with this very short observation. Uh, Slowly but surely, in our culture, the decorations will begin to come down. In some places, they already are. I'd like to fight that, but it's a little like City Hall. Uh, I'm not on the committee that gets to decide when the lights come down. Just because the lights will be coming down over the next few weeks, though, doesn't mean we have to stop our celebration of the Incarnation and of the Epiphany. We can continue to celebrate. The Word became flesh and lived among us. 
And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Amen.